0: Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, friends. I hope everybody is doing absolutely terrific. I'm really, really excited to talk to you about this specific question because... So many things are changing in this energy that's going on. It feels like all the rules or so many things that we used to know or I used to think I knew have kind of been thrown out the window or at least shifted because my answer. I know you've heard me say this so many times to almost every question is yes. And and now in this new energy that feels even more accurate than ever. Here is our question for today. When we lose loved ones or we perceive that we lose them because they've transitioned can our loved ones become angels or spirit guides for us still in this lifetime. A couple of years ago, I probably would have said, I don't think so. I haven't seen that happen. And yet, <laughs> here's a perfect example of things changing. You may have also heard me say that I really don't listen to, read, or watch other people, as in psychic or mediums or anything on TV, that deals with any of my spiritual lessons that I connect with guides and angels and get information from. Because authenticity and integrity are really important to me. And I don't want even my subconscious mind to come in and interfere like, oh, I read that or heard that a long time ago and... And now here it comes. Everything that comes through me, not from me, through me, is accurately being translated from your soul team or my soul team. Therefore, I think oftentimes I'm making up my own terms like soul team and soul pod because I don't know what else to call it. These are all Majana The soul team is your angels and your guides. It's your loved ones once they cross over because they can help you. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's all of the disincarnate beings that are acting on your behalf in this lifetime that are cheering for you and helping you out and your soul pod are those beings that you tend to go through lifetimes with in different capacities. You have different roles. I guess I started saying pod because it kind of makes me think of a whale pod that travels together. It's your spiritual family. I think it would be really helpful right here to share with you the hierarchy that my guide shared with me as far as incarnate and disincarnate beings on a vibrational level. At the very top would be Your word for the Supreme Being, the absolute highest vibration, and that being love. Then God, wanting to experience God's self, created gods and goddesses, which we consider Or at least I considered mythological. And in the ancient cultures, so many of them had gods and goddesses. Maybe ones that we're most familiar with are Greek, Roman, and Egyptian. And then there was Norse, and gosh, so many different ones. My understanding is that God created these gods and goddesses and throughout the different cultures, it was the same beings. It's just that they were personified differently based on that culture. For example, the people in ancient Greece were experiencing a time of peace and the arts were cherished. There was a balance between masculine and feminine energy and they personified their gods and goddesses in such a way. Not that everything was totally peaceful and the gods and goddesses didn't have issues because they did. The Roman culture was just More warlike. I mean, we think of the Roman army with their heavily clad iron suits and the militaristic attitude or behaviors. They personified those same gods and goddesses, but in a more Roman culture. We can sort of line up the gods and goddesses by the names and their attributes. There's some variances and some of it gets a little more confusing as we're looking across cultures. I love mythology. And that's a whole different topic. And there are people way more knowledgeable than I. However, we can line up some of the gods and goddesses as their roles across cultures. For example, Zeus, Jupiter, and Amun-Ra. And then maybe Poseidon, Neptune, and Nu. Athena, Minerva, and Neith. O'Hara, Juno, and Isis. Like I said, that's a whole different topic. Then after God created the gods and goddesses, the next highest vibrational beings are the angels. And that angel phylum is very broad. At the top would be the archangels. And we tend to think of them as having specific jobs, like Michael being the overall protector. He gives us courage to help make life changes, especially if that's moving us towards our divine purpose or our sole purpose in this lifetime. And Raphael helps with physical challenges, especially with healers. If someone is a healer, whether they're just starting out or they've been a healer for a long time, Raphael is often very nearby helping them with their skills. Gabrielle helps with communication and the arts, giving us courage to move into those areas of our life and fine tune those skills, whereas Uriel helps with emotional healing, helps us release our anger and unforgiveness, helps us to forgive and release so that we can move forward in a healthier way. And there are others, whether or not they truly have a forte, we give them those specific jobs to help us. And I do know that they can all do any of them. And maybe that's just their specialties. And of course, there are other angels as well. We have guardian angels that are assigned to us at birth. Boy, do we keep them busy. There are warrior angels that protect us, not just here, but throughout the cosmos I'm pretty sure I shared in another podcast how when I was stepping back into all this and I looked out my door and there were angels at my front door and my back door, very large angels that were certainly warriors and were protecting my space as I was opening back up. There are angels for every possible thing that we need and what we don't even know we need. Their vibrational levels, I believe, can overlap with some of the next vibration, which is Our higher selves, God created these souls that would come into lifetimes and have different experiences and send those experiences, absolutely everything that is happening back up to God experientially. Somehow we're connected and just feeding all this information up there, up there, over there. I don't know why we always think it's up into the other realm. Let's talk about that for a minute. When we're looking at our higher self, and I've heard people say higher soul, upper souls, higher self is my word for it. It's our big soul. When we talk about God, the supreme being, and it's in writing, we capitalize the G, right? To show divinity. Following that, then this part of our higher self would be with a capital S. And then when we talk about our human self, we would use a lowercase s, The higher self, the higher soul breaks off into different pieces. And each of those pieces becomes the personality that you are in this lifetime. When we are looking at the higher self, that would be your capital or your big S self. And then when you're talking about your personality in this lifetime, that is your lower S self or your little S self. Okay. So we have a big S self and a little S self. (laughs) <laughs> that's really striking me kind of as funny right now. Uh, okay, focus, Majana, focus. You have many little S selves. Your personality in this lifetime, in another lifetime, you have a different set of personality. That's your whole different little S self. Each lifetime personality, that part of the soul, feeds information up to your higher self or your big S self. <laughs> okay, I'm going to quit. I'll quit. Goodness. Since our higher self is only using a portion to come into each lifetime, each identity, then we can be multiple places at one time and always feeding information up to our higher selves. When we leave this planet and maybe we have loved ones here and we're doing our soul work and then it's like, okay, well you know, I need to have some other experiences we can actually incarnate on another planet, even in another dimension, another galaxy that has a completely different timeline than Earth. Remember our Earth time is just that. It's governed by Earth. We can have a complete lifetime someplace else that would be maybe even only a few days or months here on earth time Higher self is the higher vibration each one of our individual personalities is a much lower vibration we'll circle around to that in just a moment i hope this isn't really confusing i'm going to go back and recap here in just a moment in fact let's do that right now at the very top this is what we've talked about god highest vibration first god created gods and goddesses so they are the next highest vibration followed by the whole angel phylum then our higher selves not the personalities but our big soul now since we can be on other planets as well as earth some of those planets would be higher vibration than the earth is right makes sense so the extraterrestrials even now that are living on some of those planets are higher vibration than us They might be more evolved, and I'm not talking about all of them. I mean, there are certainly planets and dimensions, other galaxies that are lower vibration than the Earth, but the extraterrestrials that are advanced enough to come into contact with us, because they're doing the space travel, the time travel, they tend to be higher vibration, but that doesn't mean they're always a positive influence for us. There are benevolent that are beneficial to us, but there's also the other side. Some of those beings would be malevolent as far as we're concerned, because they would consider or could consider us lower vibration, less important, a lower evolved species, and maybe even parasitic or a means to an end. The benevolent ones, thank goodness, have our backs even when we don't know that they have them. Just like here on Earth, when we're talking about humans, there are people that are quite highly evolved and there are people that are not. So that applies also to extraterrestrials. Then coming down to the next level of vibration would be our spirit guides. The only reason that they are higher vibration than us, because remember they're in our soul pod, we travel with them, we've had multiple lifetimes with them, the only reason Their higher vibration right now is because they are not on the dense earth. They're not in body. They're not dealing with all of this density. They have, and they will again. And there's a good chance that you have been a soul guide and or will again in the future. But right now they're playing coach for us. Just making sure that we're staying on our path, kind of guiding us along as we go, right? Then after or below the spirit guides, just on our level of frequency here would be our loved ones that have crossed over. And again, they're only higher vibration than us now because they're no longer encumbered with the density of the earth and the body. And then we come down into the earth realm. Thinking about extraterrestrials, spirit guides, loved ones, and earthlings, there is some overlap there because that's a wide range. Okay, so let's back up to our spirit guides and our question. Can loved ones act as angels and spirit guides to us once they've crossed over? I think I didn't say this. When I talked about the angels being a phylum, that is meaning that angels were created as angels and they will always be angels. Now, everything is yes and, right? And I do believe that there were times in history and there probably are always exceptions to rules so that an angel could become a human under certain conditions. I'm not even going to go there right now because, <laughs> wow, that's opening a can of worms too. Whole different conversation. But, They are a different species per se than humans are. So when loved ones die, can they become angels? They can certainly act as protectors for us. They can help lead us or guide us or give us hints. And I don't even understand where that line is that they can cross and that they cannot cross. For angels and for loved ones and for spirit guides. Yes, they have different job descriptions, We do know that angels have a certain amount of ability to help us. But if we don't invite them in, they're limited because of free will, right? Once you invite them in, they can become way more participatory. And that's when it gets fun. It gets very exciting. Our loved ones, once they have crossed over, go through their life review, their debriefing, their evaluating and continuing to grow. Now, they don't see the purpose for everything like your spirit guide does. Your spirit guide has access to your Akashic records. The best description or way I can explain what Akashic records are is like a huge, massive cosmic library that has a volume for absolutely every soul that was created in the very beginning. And every personality that that soul has taken on in every lifetime is in that volume for that soul. Everything that you have experienced from the beginning of time to present is documented. All of your experiences and lessons and what was successful and what you're going to carry into other lifetimes, it's all there. And your spirit guide has access to that to see where you've been, what you've mastered, what you're working on, how our lifetimes tie in together, And all of this information is helping them be a great coach for us. Usually when our loved ones cross over, they don't have access to the whole Akashic record because they don't need it. I mean, they've got their own Akashic record, their whole own volume and whole library just on them. However, they do become privy to your soul contract so they can understand what happened and why and the roles that you played in each other's lives. For example, maybe you were in a relationship with someone who was incredibly jealous and possessive to the point that it became detrimental to your relationship and possibly even affected your self-esteem and carried over to all these other aspects of your life. Well, once that person crosses over, he or she would see why, why was that a personality trait in this lifetime? And maybe those less desirable traits were just for you. That person didn't have the jealousy or possessiveness or controlling for other people that they did for you because that was your contract. So now that they're on the other side, they see that maybe their purpose in your life was to help you learn to set boundaries, to help you learn to stand up to somebody or start valuing and loving and respecting yourself. There are so many possibilities. They would see that in their life review. Did I honor our contract? remember that book that I shared from Neil Donald Walsh, Little Soul in the Sun. They come into the earth density and played that character because they love you enough to be a real jerk and teach you these tough lessons. And not everybody has to be that way, right? We do things for each other and there doesn't have to be such a harsh personality involved to help us out. It could be somebody very, very loving. And they gave you all the love and nurturing and self-confidence because that was your contract. And they empowered you to be very loving and share your love with other people. There are so many possibilities. We cannot even begin to fathom. It's crazy. But they see the whole purpose and if it is a trait that maybe we would consider less desirable, that's not who they truly are. That was the role they were playing in this lifetime. So they can shed that part of their personality and be a little bit more even tempered, maybe is the way to explain it. So if you're having a session and they come through, they may not seem like that jealous and possessive person because there's no need for that anymore. They're just coming from the space of love, which they were here too, but they just maybe channeled it in a way that wasn't necessarily pleasant. We do maintain the general aspects of our personality when we cross over because our big higher self, I almost said it, is being fed all the information from that lower self, that personality that was served in this lifetime. Loved ones cross over and they can open doors for opportunity for us. We know that they still love us and they stay close. They're just not in physical body anymore. I cannot be certain. This is like a real gray area for me. I don't know where the line is. How much can they help and how much they cannot help? I mean, they certainly can't do anything that interferes with free will. But as far as exactly what they can do and how much what they can do overlaps with our angels or guides, I think that varies. And it also seems to vary depending on their vibrational level. Now, there are times when I've been completely surprised because connecting with someone on the other side is like tuning in a radio station to find them. If they're high vibration here, they're probably high vibration on the other side. However, the obverse is not necessarily true. Someone that we consider low vibration here based on our own judgment does not mean when they cross over, they're not a very high vibrational being on the other side. It is very, very possible that they came here to play that role for you or for people in their lives. And by that, I mean, maybe they had a really hard time conforming to social standards, to operating within the law. We would consider them social deviants or outlaws. (laughs) I'm from Texas. We talk outlaws. They just aren't what most people would say are high vibrational people. But that's us being all judgmental, right? We look at monks and go, oh yeah, they're very high vibrational or these people are really enlightened and boy, that person's really not. But those are all roles that we're playing while we're here on this earth. That doesn't mean that's what we are on the other side. So there have been times when I've connected with someone that's incredibly high energy and it's not really common that I've come across yet, but there have been a couple loved ones on the other side that are such high energy. They do have access to Akashic records. So in that sense, yes, they can serve as spirit guides for you. All right. Just to complicate it a little bit more that hasn't happened very often, truly only a couple of times in both the cases that I can think of right away. Those two beings We're not native earthlings, if that makes any sense. Remember that we can spend lifetimes on other planets and other dimensions and so forth. And we sort of go where we're going to get the most growth for each lifetime. We might more often be on one planet than another. So there are people that are predominantly earthlings. And then the same way with others. They spend more lifetime on other planets and they come here for a specific reason. Now, cool thing with this ascension that's going on right now it seems to me that there are an extraordinary number of beings that are not native to this planet that are right now incarnated on this planet it is also very common that we have guides that are not of this planet natively it just seems that when that's happening A lot of times the guides are helping with a specific soul purpose that you have that is helping with our ascension, bringing new ideas, technology, healing arts, whatever your life purpose is, you've got a higher vibrational being helping you with that. Also, they're incarnating here to do the same thing. They are given maybe false or shared past life memories that we would consider past life memories to give them more of the immersive human experience. Okay. So that leads me to one more thing. Wow. Perfect. See, this is great. They meaning my guides, my team right now, just kind of looped me around this because I'm supposed to share this with you. When we're talking about past, present, and future lives, we know that's all based on earth time. I am being challenged every time I mention one of those on a time frame like that, my guide kind of gets on me because what he explained is, they gave us past, present, and future as a construct for a lifetime because most spiritual texts religious text, Bibles, or your version of the Bible, doesn't really talk about reincarnation. And even though it is kind of mentioned in there, most spiritual leaders haven't addressed it. And so it just kind of slides right on by us. So when people first started investigating this or opening up their minds to the concept of reincarnation, there was a little bit of going against the Bible or feeling a little bit guilty or bad about that, questioning the authority. Authority. It just made it easier for us to think of past lives and where we are now and, and future. But in reality, there is no such time. So imagine it this way. Either draw or in your mind, think of a wheel with a hub and spokes. That hub is your current personality. The spokes are absolutely every version of you and this personality that could possibly exist It is the version of you that made different choices. You know, all the times that you hit a fork in the road and you took one choice. Well, a different spoke is what if you had taken the other choice? What if you weren't doing this profession? What if you were doing a different profession? Absolutely everything you've ever thought of is being played out on one of those other spokes. So we might equate those to parallel universes. We know that parallel universes, quantum physics, says all things are happening concurrently. There is no time. It's just now. Everything is in the present. So everything with that personality is happening right now. Since there's no real time, there's no past lives. So a personality that we would consider a past life personality is actually the center or the hub of another wheel. And that personality has all the spokes going out from it. So every version of that personality is also being played out concurrently. We have all of these different personalities and different wheels happening right now. And all of these are different pieces of our higher self that has come down into different lower selves or personality selves, incarnate selves, and experiencing all of these possibilities, feeding all of the results up to our higher self, which in turn passes it on up to God or the divine. That's quite a picture, right? My guide said, we've evolved past this need for past, present, and future. The thing I find exciting about this is I feel like they're challenging us to move beyond our comfort zone and again, opening and expanding into new thoughts and new ways of being, new possibilities, because we're going there and we have to be open to possibilities before those possibilities can become realities. Oh my gosh. Okay. We've covered a lot of stuff in this podcast. (laughs) Like, is your head spinning? Maybe this should have been a bunch of different podcasts. I don't know. But I would appreciate feedback. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And definitely let me know if you have questions or other ideas for podcasts, if you are willing to have your questions on a podcast. Here is my email address, admin at M a j o n a d a w n M-A-J-O-N-A-D-A-W-N.com. And that is also the new website. So I would love to hear from you. And as always, you're invited to join our Facebook group. Great, great, great group of people. There are a few questions that I would ask that you respond to. So I know that you're legit. I hope to hear and see from you soon. And in the meantime, namaste.